Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Hello, So Powerful Podcast listeners. Today we are going to talk about personal mission statements. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year and lots of people have New Year's resolutions and maybe developing a personal mission statement might be on the top of your list. So we're going to talk with Jason Miles, co-founder of So Powerful, about his personal mission statement and get some ideas about how we can develop one for ourselves. So good morning and happy new year, Jason. Happy new year. How are you? Oh, I am great. I am great. Awesome. Um, we're going to be talking about personal mission statements today. I know it's a passion of yours. Yeah. Let's start out. What is your personal mission statement? Yes. Well, I love the topic and I'm excited to talk about this one. I don't think I've ever really expressed this publicly or talked about it in this way. And so I guess I'm sort of revealing a little bit of what I've worked on a long time that never really talked about. And so to answer your question, I'm called to serve and mobilize those who are turning the world upside down. And I'm happy to explain the, you know, kind of backstory. And that's a reference to scripture, if you're not familiar with it, and there's a whole story behind it. But that's my personal mission statement. I love helping people. And I love helping people who are making a difference in the world. And that's what I'm called to do. I'm clear on that. How did you come to that clarity? Well, it was in graduate school. We had a class and the professor made us as an assignment work on our personal mission statement. And I'm so glad he did. His name is Joe Macias. And it's a wonderful conversation, you know, initially and then work in that semester. And so it was an assignment and it really prompted my thinking though. And so what I did was uh, I just started praying about it, thinking about it, trying to get clear, of course, journaling ideas. And then I asked myself this question, like, is there, is there Jason in the Bible? I thought there was, but I never really looked at it or thought it through. And then I found the story in Acts 17, where Paul and Silas are a little bit on the run and the mob in the marketplace can't find them. So the scripture says, I'll just loosely paraphrase it. When they couldn't find them, Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and certain brothers under the rulers of the city crying. These who have turned the world upside down have come here and Jason has helped them. And when I read that, I was like, lightning bolts. Like, who is this Jason guy? And Jason of Thessalonica, and he helped Paul and Silas? Oh, man, that's an inspiration. Now, no one in the world cares about that scripture, really. But the phrase that they turn, these people who are turning the world upside down, or other translations say causing trouble all over the world, that phrase stood out to me. And the fact that Jason wasn't the guy doing it, he wasn't the one turning the world upside down. He was just helping the people who were turning the world upside down. And so right when I got that, it clicked for me and it fit with what I'm all about as I prayed about it and thought about it. And so there you go. So that's sort of the story of, of how I came into the idea. Well, I have to ask, your mom is a woman of faith. Did she choose your name based on that scripture? No, I was going to be Eric, I think, for eight and a half months out of the nine months of pregnancy. <laughs> and then somehow it switched, but I don't think it had anything to do with that passage. Oh, well, okay. All right. But yeah. 
I had to ask. So you have a personal mission statement and man, that is so fitting. Do you have examples of other people? Do other people have personal mission statements you can share? Well, I can mention Cinnamon's been working on hers lately. And so hers is a fun one. And she's kind of gone through this exercise, I guess, maybe because I've been asking, I've been asking my kids and her. So her wording that she's really focused on right now is she's called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'll tell you a little bit of the, the backstory. I don't think she'd mind at all. She's talked about this a lot. You know, after high school, she went to um, missions with Youth with a Mission. Uh, YWAM is an organization many people would be familiar with. And she served in Eastern Europe. And so the structured program with Youth with a Mission has discipleship training, basically kind of like coursework or college classes. And then you go out and do practical work in the field in some form or variety. And so she, came away from that entire experience being very clear that they pushed pretty hard for many other people to really kind of be evangelists and really be the proclaimers of the gospel. And that didn't suit her at all. It just didn't suit her personality. She's just, that's just not how she's wired. But in her service projects, they went and helped build houses with a minority people group around the Black Sea somewhere. And I forget the details, but they were basically this, you know, displaced people group and they didn't have houses and it was wintertime and, and Cinnamon and their, their group uh, just helped them build houses. And her redeeming memory of YOM was that part of it. And so it really, I think, compelled her to be clear that she's, she's passionate about uh, the service and being the hands and feet. And um, those elements of implementation of our service for Christ not so much the pastoral teaching or speaking. And I always get in trouble because I always be like, Cinnamon, let's talk in front of this group or whatever. And I always know that's not her preference, but it, I don't think it through usually. <laughs> and then, then she'll talk it through and, and I'll real, realize she's not comfortable doing that stuff. It's not her calling. And so that's her personal mission statement. It's been fun journey for us to be on together because ours are different, but I think complimentary. And yeah, so there you go. So Cinnamon is working on hers. I, I presume, you know, it might always be a work in progress. You might always be refining it, but what yeah. advice would you give to someone who's trying to develop their own mission statement? I mean, what kind of aspects of your life should you take into consideration in developing this so you can be successful, so you can live your mission? Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably working through a set of ideas or concepts. It's a mix. You know, those Venn diagrams where there's like three bubbles that overlap and there's some something in each of the you know bubbles, that kind of idea comes to mind. I think the first thing is your personal style or personality. There are a lot of tools that are available to people to take because I think God's made us uniquely. Obviously he has, and each of us have a different personal comfort level with different types of activities and work. So there are many, many tools a lot of people like Enneagram, uh, Colby is one that we just did as a leadership team for So Powerful, the Berkman, Myers-Briggs, there's so many personality uh, assessments that will help give you some insight into what your natural style is. Um, and I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is probably your life experiences and life circumstances and what your kind of reality has been in your career or your family circumstance growing up, those things shape us, of course. Uh, 
And so, so that's the second thing is your experiences. And I think the third thing is probably for those of us who are believers, listening specifically to the voice of the Lord in our life. I believe he speaks to us. I believe he sorts this out with us. And it's our mystery for us to unpack and figure out. And it's, I think, his joy to help us figure out how to get clear on our uh, personal mission statement and life's calling. And so I think, you know, if you're confused about it, I think prayer and just asking the Lord to get, you know, to give you clarity and to speak to you. And I believe you'll do it. And I think those three things together really swirl, you know, uh, together a bit to make this unique and special for each of us. Jason, by having a personal mission statement and having that guidance in your life, does that bring peace to you? Does that, does that help you make decisions? How, how does having this personal mission statement affect your daily life? Yeah, I think the reason this has stuck in my mind since whatever it was, 2004 or something like that, when I was in a graduate school, I think the reason it stuck with me so long is because it has had utility in my thinking process and in my decision-making. I think when, as I reflect on it personally, when I've been confused or felt overwhelmed, when I felt like, you know, there's not just two paths that divide in the wood and you get to take one, there's like 72 paths every day. It's like, well, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Um, I think in times like that, this is the kind of helpful tool that allows you to center yourself and go back to basically what you might call first principles, which is like, what am I called to do? What has God said to me? What scripture verse has he given to me as a promise? And it really helps you combat overwhelm and combat the sense of, you know, kind of distraction because there's frequently good things that aren't the right thing. And that's the hard part, you know? And so I think it's useful in that regard. And then it also, I think, helps you have what you might call a defense system, because let's just say you're asked to do a great thing, lead something or join a board or like whatever it is. And you feel kind of like, gosh, they're good people. And that's an important thing. But you can frequently and easily just be guilted into everything. And so having a personal mission statement and something you're very clear on allows you to sort of have a a framework for saying, "Um, you know what, that's just not in my wheelhouse. I'm actually called to da, 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 da. And so, and, and it helps because then you can say, well, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel bad saying no. I'm happy to say no, because that means I'm saying yes to my purpose and calling in a constructive way. You know. Thank you. That's really inspirational. I, I like that answer a lot. You referred to that there were some scripture verses that helped you out. Can you tell us about some of those? Oh, sure. There's so many passages about this, and I would just encourage people to explore passages related to God's calling on individual people's lives in the Bible, but also passages that are clearly related for New Testament believers. And there are many. First Peter 4.10, I'll mention Ephesians 4, 1 through 12, Hebrews 12. There's just so many. Second uh, Corinthians, there just go on and on in the New Testament. Acts chapter 20 is when Paul reveals his tent maker calling very, very clearly. And there are just so many. And First Peter 4, I'll mention um, verse 10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. 
Now that is specific. And that's not a general, like, Hey, you're all Christians. You've all gotten grace. You've all got mercy. That's not this. That's not a general statement. That's a specific statement. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That phrase, that verse is very interesting. That's first Peter 4 10. And I love that passage. And if it's okay, I'll just mention also Ephesians because Ephesians 4, 1 through 12 also has this interesting wording and you can read the whole thing, but in particular verse seven, it says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then it goes on to say, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. That's not talking about some random spiritual thing. That's talking about like, are you gifted in a specific way? And, you know, to me, that's why, you know, the purse program is so beautiful because when we were able to say to people in the sewing community, would you like to make a purse for a girl in need? It just was an immediate, like, oh, I'm gifted at that. And that's, that's God's guidance in people's lives. And so to me, this comes down to practical, tactical, everyday work a day kind of efforts. And the scriptures completely and totally back that up. If you really study the New Testament, it is clear each of us has a calling and a mission, and we're supposed to live it out with grace and service to others. How is having a mission statement different than your passion? I mean, lots of people have passions and they follow their passion. Yeah. I think there's an interesting twist here, which is the specific leading a direction of the Lord. And I don't think we're called to be masochists, but we're clearly called to pick up our cross and follow Christ. And there's something about the sacrificial service that he calls us to that frequently is not in our interest <laughs> in terms of our mind. Like, would, would we rather do go to Disneyland or give away all of our possessions to the poor? And yet somewhere specifically, Christ has called people to do sacrificial service. And I think that's the difference between just you know, your personal passion and what your personal mission statement is. It's an assignment. I'll be speaking this Sunday at our church and the passage I'm going to be using, it's uh, when Christ was on the cross and he looked down and he saw the women standing there, including his mother. And then he saw the apostle John who wrote the, the book of John and the revelations and first John and other chapters and books. And Christ's statement is woman, behold your son pointing to John and to John, behold your mother. And then it says from that day forward, he took her into his home. Now that's a specific calling on John's life. That's very unique. I can't imagine he was standing there thinking, that that was going to happen or that that was going to be his life's calling for as long as Mary, the mother of Christ was alive, he was responsible to take care of her. And so I, I do think that there's this element in our lives as believers where God will surprise us and he'll ask us to do stuff that we have no desire to do. And those will be our greatest challenges, but it'll be our greatest service to him. Why do you think 
having this mission is underdeveloped in Christians. I don't, I don't know many people that specifically can say, I have a personal mission statement. Yeah. I think it's probably one of those areas where we've done a disservice, if I can say that, by the usage of scriptures like Ephesians 4, where we talk about, or people talk about the fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, as if that's the list. And anyone who really studies the New Testament would realize that's not the list. <laughs> you know, like, that's a list. That's five things that are types of service in the kingdom, but they're not the definitive list. And they're certainly not the one that's prescribed for us individually. And so I think it's frequently been just created in such a way or in terms of how it's been presented to us that you're either called to the ministry or not. That's just a fake there's nothing in the New Testament that that's like that. <laughs> this is just this is not even that's not even New Testament thinking at all. You know? And yet that's sort of our common cultural practice here in the United States. And it's wrong. And I think each of us are responsible to grow up and be mature in the body of Christ and say, what is he calling me to do? And sometimes that happens because people project things onto us, you know, where like somebody will say, you're supposed to be a pastor. And then you struggle with being a pastor, trying to be a pastor, and you realize, I'm not called to be a pastor. This was wrong. I was wearing the wrong suit. I was supposed to be wearing overalls uh, and having a shovel in my hand, and I had to wear a suit on Sunday, and it just didn't, it didn't work. And so sometimes it's reactive, you know, that we sort these things out. But I do think it's on each of us. And regardless of whether we've been taught this way in our churches or not, God's called us to serve each other and to serve the poor with our specific gifts and talents. And it's just work for us to do to really get clear on. Jason, here we are at the beginning of a new year. And like I said, during the intro, people yeah. are, are planning out their year, they're writing their new year's resolutions. So if somebody has on their list, develop a personal mission statement, what are the next steps? What would you like our listeners to do? I think it's a fantastic goal. I would give yourself a goal to have it sorted out this year. You know, just say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a year and this is going to be my year of getting clarity on my personal mission statement. And then do journaling, maybe take some personality assessments, the ones we mentioned, maybe start to read scripture with that question on your heart and pray about it and ask the Lord to be clear with you in terms of his word in your life specifically. And then listen, you know, listen for what people say to you, what, what the Lord says to you in your prayer time. I think those things are the, the tools that we'll use to put this together. And you're right. It's a work in progress. I think we can get close to sorting it out. We, we can get within, you know, an arm's length of being, being clear and I think that's the work involved. And so I wouldn't say it's a one time, one minute thing, because if you do it in one minute and you think you're done, it wouldn't have meant, meant anything anyway. That's just a silly idea. But to really invest a year into this, I think would be a wonderful uh, exercise for everybody. And it's the first part of the year as we're recording this and, and it's a good opportunity and time of the year for people to think it through. Well, I think that at the end of 2022, we should have a little get together and just see how everybody's done on developing a personal mission statement. So if you're 
listening to the So Powerful podcast, you have your assignment for 2022. And in December of this year, we'll figure it out and see where we are. Jason, thank you so much for your time. This has been a really fascinating conversation. I appreciate it very much. Thanks so much. It's an honor to collaborate together on these conversations. And thanks for your hard work on all the podcasting effort as well. It's an honor to collaborate. Well, thank you. And, and, you know, I sort of feel like maybe this is my gift and it certainly wouldn't have been one listed in the Bible as a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> That's funny. No, you wouldn't find that in the New Testament. Yeah, not, no, I, I've looked for it. I can't find it. So. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you soon. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a so powerful day.